Stephen, welcome to the 2019 Met Gala Fashion Review <laughs> Show. It's a fan podcast where Nate Baranowski and Stephen Robles take on the greatest tricks, wigs, feathers, and boas of the Met Gala. Stephen, what do you think about uh, some of the fashion you saw this year? Stephen, I have two different ways we can start this podcast. Uh huh. You can choose door one or door two. Do I get to know what's behind the doors, or do I just have to choose? I think you can choose both of them, and then keep in whichever door you want uh, the listeners to listen to. Well, what was behind door number two? Just just for my own uh, curiosity. All right, door two. Yes, Stephen. I have a new business idea, and I like to pitch <laughs> it to you. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Go. Okay, it is for young dads. Not necessarily young as in the dads are young, but dads with young kids. Now, I don't have any kids, so I want to pitch this to you okay. as, a, as a dad. Yes. Here's my idea. Combining dadhood, or fatherhood as some people call it, yeah, that's fine. with Pokemon Go. So here's mm. what you do. Your child is basically your Pokemon. And what you do is you take them to playgrounds and play dates. Now, if you take them on exercise sort of things, you kind of charge up the power of like encouraging dads to be with their child out and about. Now, play dates, how this works is you and the other dads all have this app on your phone. And what you do is that you can, while your kids are playing together, you can kind of battle based on, you know, and you can get experience by battling (laughs) your Pokemon child with the other. Now, the kids aren't actually battling. Right, just virtually. It's virtually. Like your AR Squirtle. Yes. Do the kids get to have super abilities like Pokemon, maybe breathing fire, yes, absolutely, maybe electricity? Absolutely. So what you're doing like you're basically like turning your little kid into like some sort of superhero slash battle bot slash Pokemon. Mm. And then you are by spending time with them or taking them to certain places, for example, special playgrounds and parks are like Pokestops where you can then uh, get new abilities with your child. And it's not where, I don't want to encourage dads to always be on their phone with their kids, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. the idea of checking into these places for a certain amount of time and then checking out with you and your kid uh, will level up your pokey baby. Pokey (laughs) baby. No, I like this. And (laughs) maybe even spending quality time with your pokey baby child is a part of gaining experience and leveling up. And so it would encourage fathers yes. to put the phone away. You get points for opening the app and then turning the screen off yes. and leaving it off for extended periods of time so your po- pokey baby can level up. But you are actually spending quality time. Ooh, I like that. You're just getting a little kick kickback. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe maybe you only battle other pokey babies, like dads that you know. It's only available for battle after like 10 p.m. Like your kid's in bed, oh, right, right, and that's the battling time. And but yeah, throughout like the it. day, yeah, you really check in and say, "Here's the activity we're doing," or you right. check into a thing, and then by having the screen off, whenever it's off, you're like gaining experience points. Mm-hmm. Maybe a uh, pokey stops are at uh, child friendly places. I have I have already said this as part of my pitch. Please listen to the elevator pitch closely. I said different <laughs> playgrounds and parks. Would be the stops. No, no, no. I get it. I got it. No, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm down for this. I'm not sure if I would VC money it, 
but uh, I would like to know where it's going to go. Maybe a Shark Tank situation. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think that young dads, especially when it comes to things like play dates and things where oh, yeah. you yeah. want to get out and about, and encouraging dads to get out there and play, but also men of our age, especially with kids, mm-hmm. phone games are still very much alive and well. So how do you combine these two loves? Love for your child and love to defeat your friends in a battle <laughs> of wits. Yeah, now let me tell you, I just thought of the perfect scenario where this app would really help me as a father of young children. And that would be a tripling, maybe even a quadrupling of experience points if you bring your child to a birthday party with other many pokey children. <laughs> because that is one of the most treacherous and I want to be very careful with my words here. Very. You already said the word treacherous. Treacherous so. is ac- treacherous is accurate, but a very treacherous and testing uh, situation. Trying, very a trying time. It's a very trying time, okay. but okay. If if you somehow get quadruple experience points, and maybe you are allowed fifteen to thirty minutes of battling times with other dads who are at this birthday mm-hmm. party, trying to stay sane. Yes, this I think is a incredible opportunity for the poke baby app okay okay here's what here's what i got the people that are in your friend circle in this app these other dads that are with you in Mm -hmm. this yes if they are all checking into the same place as you there's some sort of multiplier if you're all Mm. have your screens off together oh that's good that's good then then you're like you're actually excited like hey is uh is lenny gonna be at that party Um, i like this why Why do you care if Lenny's there? Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really got to level up my pokey, baby. Right, All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Sharks. That was great. Thank you. And, and before we get to our, our X-Men Part 2 extravaganza, because we're talking about even more X-Mans today. All the mans, X-Mans and X-Womans. Sometimes I want to say, jokingly, that someone has done something, great physical ability or something. I like to joke. And to the people in the crowd, in the group that I'm with, I'll say, he's basically an X-Man. But I understand X-Man is not seemingly a canonically correct grammar reference. So how how would you say, you don't want to say mutant. How would you look well, at someone was, and say, okay. yeah, I know, I know you could say like that guy's a mutant. But I, in my personal anecdotal experience, have found more people laugh if you say, I mean, he's basically an X-Man in a situation like that. How would you say it? Specifically using the X terminology. Well, first off, I have to say that the idea of you trying out these humorous phrases and then kind of charting the the, the laughter and response you get to it and being like, ah, mutant doesn't work at all. X-Man. I've... Yeah, that's pretty good. Let's, we'll try that next time. Listen, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Enneagram 3, which is the achiever and also some perfectionist You're trying in me. to achieve in the world of humor. Listen, why tell a bad joke? You tell the best joke possible. Okay, got it. Anyway, so what would what would you say? Jokes all the way down. <laughs> this is jokes. Thank you. Yes, jokes all the way down. But what would you say in that situation if you were me? Um, I think you have to choose a specific X Men. I think that's going to be the best way to go about because it's high risk, high reward. Because the more specific your joke can be, comparing them to a specific mutant or member of the X Men team, I think the more funny it will be. But only, but only to those who recognize all of them. You would never say X-Man? 
Unless that's part of the joke is you butchering the phrase, in which case I approve. Maybe maybe that's why people laugh because it's funny. Let's talk about made. joke construction. Now, what happens is you think one thing's about to happen. That's right. And then all of a sudden, you redirect. Right. Yeah. You call a big burly guy being real mystique out there, and then the joke is mm. is that mm-hmm. they don't look like a blue body painted person. One one of my favorite examples, the Jim Gaffigan joke. If you'd like to know what it's like to have five children, it's like you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. <laughs> Nothing? You're not going to give me anything? I know you're chuckling there. I hear you. Now, the first time, when you learn stand-up, as both of us know as professional stand-up comedians, <laughs> you right. really have to, you have to bomb once, mm. and that really teaches you the ropes. Humility. Yeah, exactly. Nay, this is, this is, I'm loving this episode already. I want to. I want to keep. I want to keep. Thanks for coming to movies on the side. That'll be all. We're getting back to our roots because we we used to talk a lot about things. Did you choose uh, one of the doors that that we actually went with, or and one will be like behind the paywall, or are we going to include both of those, or are you choosing one of those? Let's pull back the curtain. I'm going to choose door number two. I think that pokey talk was very well. That was a gold. Okay. Excellent. For those who ever wondered what door number one was that we could have talked at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> You will never know. Well, no, I'll put I'll put it on the Patreon. That's fine. It'll <laughs> it'll be like a two minute episode, but that's still still good there. Perfect. All right. One, I just want to tell you, you're literally the best, listeners. I want I want you all to know, Nate Baranowski is literally the best because I told him, you know what, I don't think I'm gonna be able to record this afternoon, mm-hmm. and he said, yeah, totally fine. And then I literally texted him like, I could do it right now. And Nate, I had my my head in my hands. I wiped away the tears of Stephen abandoning me for this afternoon recording. And then all of a sudden, that's right, like Valkyrie, mm. he rode in. You know, apparently, that is not a Pegasus. Oh, so I'm sorry. You have horses. You have unicorns. You have Pegasus, which is a flying horse. And then there's another name for a flying u- unicorn. Did you know this? No. Is plural of Pegasus Pegasi? I, you know, I would, I was avoiding saying it. Um, I, Pegasuses seems very strange. Would you say X Pegasus or X Pegasi? Mm. Okay, I would say Pegasi. Just that's to be a call a callback joke. What I did there was reference something we talked about before. Uh, yes, that you have since edited out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be good. They'll have to. Uh, yeah, a winged unicorn it is a, a narwhal. An a sky narwhal. An alicorn. Alicorn. A-L-I-A-L-I-C-O-R-N. So like unicorn, but with ali uh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on a second. That's right. Welcome to the etymology of a word. Yes. Welcome to the class. Mm-hmm. Here with Stephen, Professor Robles, Professor yes. Emperor Robles. <laughs> Una, meaning one, I assume meaning the one horn. Right. The one corn, if you will. <laughs> what is ali? What is the prefix ali or ali mean? Alicorn is a lat comes from a Latin word for the horn of a unicorn. Or wait a minute, a pegacorn. Wait a minute, I don't. I'm not sure. This Wikipedia is not very clear on the etymology. I'll be honest. Oh, a horn of a unicorn. Peg the pegacorn. That might be what we're looking for. Maybe that's it. Alicorn might just be an alligator Pegasus crossover. Let's get that fan art in here. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we just discovered another level to the Mott's 3D triangle. This is important work we're doing. 
Yes. Okay. the The actual horn is called the alicorn. Okay, that's that it. one. Yeah. The horn that you would saw off of a unicorn if you were a monster. Right, and you were going to make some shoes or whatever out of, uh, yeah, unicorn horn. Okay, obviously the shoes would be the last thing you'd make out of it. Hey, I know I couldn't Steven. think of something else. Jewelry. Oh, I'm sorry. What would you make? What would you make out of an alicorn? I would probably make a spear. I would hope, hopefully a spear. <laughs> the world's smallest spear. <laughs> well, I thought unicorn horns were pretty big. I mean, I think they're no longer than the length of a horse, but I think of a spear mm. as being like six feet long. Well, no, it would just be the point of the spear. You'd have a oh, wooden, okay. You wouldn't then attach a nice mahogany. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Shaft. Oh, now that you say that, maybe a piano keys out of unicorn horns. I've, that would be the that would biggest. So super, that would take so many. <laughs> that would be the biggest supervillain of any. <laughs> universe to have a grand piano made of unicorn horns so basically what you're saying is whatever ivory can be used for i think i would right. use my unicorn i'd use my alicorn as like some sort of um, champagne flute all it needs is oh. like a turn it upside down put a little so bass on it i thought the piano was being a monster you're drinking out of the horn <laughs> of a unicorn okay Very i just want to let all of our listeners know especially our Mott's family yes i can say this officially Neither Stephen nor I have ever or will ever saw an alicorn off of a unicorn. That's right. I will. I will attest to that. Anyway, I just want to sit real quick. You're the best because you, you've on a whim recorded with me now, and I would just like to explain my situation. I'm in the parking lot of a Starbucks. No way. Probably one of the most busiest Starbucks I've ever been to because it's right off the highway, and I'm recording in my car. I'm holding the microphone to my face like an animal. Yeah. Do you even have a Starbucks coffee in your hand? I do. I have an iced grande cold brew. I, I did. I did. Mm. So uh, I got it right here. You want to sit? Mm-hmm. That was my coffee. But uh, yeah. And uh, only other side note, unrelated, the love bugs are insane this year. I've actually discovered two in my car while I was driving around today. It's very troubling. I'm so sorry. All right. Let's talk about X-Men, Nate. Let's do it. <laughs> so we did a part one. We talked about the original trilogy. We alluded to the Wolverine saga movies, which I don't know if we'll ever really talk about on this show, Nate. It's X-Men Origin Wolverine? No, we should do that one. The one I you know, I really can remember almost nothing about is that X-Men or The Wolverine or whatever it's called. The one where he's in Japan. I can yeah. barely remember that one. I know. I saw it once. I just know at some point in time during that movie, they like shoot like arrows or like some sort of spears into yes, him and yes. they're connected to chains right it's kind of gruesome it is gruesome and i feel like the final scene the bad guy's in like that robot suit and he has some kind of thing where he grabs wolverine's arms and is like sucking the life out of him like literally the healing power out of him or something isn't part of that movie is like the plan was to like make him no longer yeah he had like a immortal or take the adamantium out or something well he had a bug like they implanted a bug in him now my my memory's jogging now i'm getting older but it's uh it's, it's, right. rev it's revving up it's revving up they put some kind of robot or bug in him that prevented him from healing and that's why like most of the movie is him wondering why he can't heal quickly for the fans of the 2013 film the wolverine i'm very yes. sorry that neither steven nor i can remember this too well but we're kind of just going to pretend like that does, didn't <laughs> exist. And maybe it gets its own full podcast episode in the future. It probably should. The only reason I saw it is because it was still Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. 
And hopefully by the end of our run here on Movies on the Side, when we're good and old... To 2049. We'll have done every Hugh Jackman movie. That's right. I'm down for that. Speaking of which, another Hugh Jackman movie I absolutely love. Yes. Australia. I don't know that movie. What you know about this movie? I know nothing. Is this a new movie? No. I don't, I've never seen this movie. Okay, well, I'm maybe going to put this in as a future movie review okay. option. But it is Hugh Jackman with an Australian accent. Nicole Kidman. It's directed by Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, who did uh, Moulin the Rouge. Moulin Rouge guy. Yeah, yeah. 2008. Oh. Directly in my rose-colored glasses. Okay. All right, we'll see. Well, we did the first X-Men trilogy. Mm-hmm. The original X-Men, X2 United, X3, The Last Stand. And now we're going to do the second, I'm going to dare say the second trilogy of X-Men movies, which I call the X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, and then X-Men Apocalypse, the latest movie before Dark Phoenix has been released. Right. One follow-up item from the first trilogy, I forgot to mention how cool the plastic prison was that they put Magneto in. Mm. and the scene of him and professor x playing chess with plastic pieces yes and then the scene in x2 when mystique injects that security guard with <laughs> iron have a little bit of iron in your blood yes i'm still trying to figure out what character that sounds like i can't uh, maybe i'm thinking gandalf because it's the same actual actor oh i'm sorry i was doing a gandalf impression <laughs> instead of a magneto impression i'm well, so I think, sorry <laughs> i think it's allowed it's the same uh, same actor so we're gonna hit all three so let's talk about x-men first class from 2011 i was very excited for this movie when it came out i think rotten tomatoes confirms its quality 86 critic score 87 audience satisfaction we had brand new actors playing professor x and magneto and mystique you have James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, and Kevin Bacon as the bad guy in this movie. Nate, I know this is not your favorite one, but uh, what was your general feeling about this this movie? In general, generally, yes, I liked X-Men First Class. Yes. I think this movie franchises, please use this as a blueprint for how to do either spinoffs or just new movies onto your, onto your thing. It's kind of like yes. way in the past. There's not a whole lot of tie-in until Days of Future Past, which I believe is a brilliant maneuver to combine yes. two casts together. But I liked the like fresh blood, new actors in all these areas, a new uh, a Magneto kind of origin story built into it, mm-hmm. a very confusing, hairful James McAvoy <laughs> um, <laughs> as Professor X, which... Yes. Got so much attention in its time. I will dare say that Jennifer Lawrence is a better mystique than Rebecca. Romaine Stamos. Yes. Yep. Uh, I Probably just because she has more to do and more personality that give her more of a backstory. Right. With Professor X. I really appreciated that. I agree with everything you've said. After Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart as Magneto and Professor X, I felt like it was a high bar. But I really like James McAvoy as Professor X and Fassbender as Magneto. Michael Fassbender is a dang good actor. He is good. I don't need your help. Don't kid yourself. You needed my help last night. It's not just me you're walking away from. He is very good. I feel 
he sells Magneto probably more than McAvoy sells Professor X. I mean, he's good. Yes. But Michael Fassbender is a, is a wonderful Magneto in all of these movies. I believe his emotional side. I believe his, his convictions about why he's doing what he's doing. And I really liked their relationship, like you seeing Professor X and Magneto in this first movie as friends before the right. rivalry started. That was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the random mutants, the you know ones we don't really see very often or maybe haven't heard of. Banshee. You had the the Wasp girl who like spit acid on people, but Banshee was the younger kid who screams. And in the final scenes, they have him in his wingsuit. And he can like scream mm, and fly. Right. And I don't know why I had this character, but he was one of my first X-Men action figures uh, growing up. So it was kind of cool to see him there. Do we have, uh, this is not the movie that involves Quicksilver, correct? That is no, that Days is the next one. Past. Right. Okay. Well, we will get there. But I, the only other couple things I want to say is Kevin Bacon. I liked him as the bad guy in this movie. I believed him. I thought he was pretty cool bad guy. And the final scene with the submarine and the two ships wanting to fire missiles at each other and the beach scene, Professor X taking control of Kevin Bacon, but then Magneto pushing that quarter in his forehead. Oh, the whole ending scene was was pretty great. I I really enjoyed it. Did you feel the same way? Did you like Kevin Bacon? The reason we exist. We are the children of the atom, my love. I thought he was fine. Not my favorite villain. No, not the favorite, not but my least favorite. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I also thought Moira, uh, played by Rose yes. Byrne, was an excellent love interest. Yes, I agree. I neglected to choose an item to rate each movie with, but considering I just said the quarter through the forehead, let's do uh, zero to five quarters. Mm, okay. For X Men First Class, how would you rate First Class yourself, Nate? I'm going to give X Men First Class. Um, well, I will, I will, let me jump in here. Been, I've been trying to do whole numbers and halves, but I'm going to break the pattern and I'm going to give X-Men first class 3.75 quarters. Oh. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed first class. Um, I, I don't want to go four and over, but three and a half feels too mediocre. I'm going to give it 3.75 cause I really enjoyed it. I think it's one of the better X-Men movies as a whole in the entire universe. So uh, 3.75 for me. Well, that was great. I was somewhere between 3.25 and 3.5. So I'm going to go 3.5. You've sort of okay. convinced me. And in, in the pantheon of X-Men, all the X-Men movies, this is definitely top five right. material. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's move to, which I think we have actually, you have stated on a previous episode, this is your favorite X-Men movie. It is. Yes. Days of Future Past. The highest Rotten Tomatoes of any X-Men movie, 90 critic rating, 91 audience satisfaction. I love this movie so much. I'm not yes. going to hide it. I'm not going to be coy. I'm not. It is great. It is great. It has Hugh Jackman doing his thing. Yep. It has both young and old Professor X and Magneto. Yes. I love it all. Yes, I, I really enjoyed it. Blending the two casts was really fun. I think... Contrary to the Endgame quibbles that I had about time travel, I like how this movie deals with time travel. I do too. Affecting things in the past and how it affects the future and all that kind of stuff. Like I think they stay consistent and it's fun. And like you said a second ago, Quicksilver in this movie 
One of the coolest scenes of any X-Men movie, I think. Steals the scene, absolutely. No, you're not cops. Hey, what's with this gift to Youngster's place? That's an old cult. Well, he's fascinating. The, uh, I think it's Time in a Bottle is the music that plays. Okay. Yes, I was about to say, like, I knew some music was playing during yeah, that. Yeah, if I could save time in a bottle while he's running around that room. Such a fun scene. Really masterfully done. So, yeah, it's fun, fun movie. Other people in this movie, Peter Dinklage was great. Yep. W- would you call him the main bad guy? Yeah, I think so. The creator of the Sentinels. Or is it, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of Magneto for a lot of it. This is a really showing their departure of mindsets and how like right their past selves are even further apart than their future selves when they're just trying to save humanity i think it's good storytelling when no character seems 100 percent the bad guy exactly you know there's there's you don't have to have a huge big bad right exactly <laughs> which kind of fighting the future yeah blink yes as yes. far as uh, i think i've said it before the mutant powers of blink any portal any time so good. You combine that with Kitty Pride. Yes. Love that combination. The Sentinels are great, both the old and new. You know, we see yep. the futuristic Sentinels, and then we see the old style uh, with Peter Dinklage, so that's really cool. Final scene of Magneto moving an entire stadium. Mm-hmm. And the, the standoff with Mystique and all that. Really fun. Mystique is really a... Uh emotional weight in this movie and i mean that in a positive way not like an anvil but uh, (laughs) she's really an emotional grounding of lightning rod for this movie and yes she really shines in this one she does the the, also the the suspense of what they're doing in the past has to be done before the sentinels break into the Mm -hmm. you know where the everybody's at in the future like that really suspenseful really fun and the battle scenes out there with the new sentinels and storm is out there like pretty cool pretty cool exactly i don't know of an object you know what i always try to think of a small item but let's go big go big or go home yes on on a scale of zero to five sentinels mm-hmm. how would you rate this movie i'm very curious how you would rate this i'm gonna give this movie four and a half yep Mm-hmm. four and a half sentinels like four big ones and then like a baby sentinel right who's right, cute right. but also still launches lasers <laughs> from its face it's a it's a pokey baby sentinel yeah <laughs> absolutely yes thanks for including my ip yes absolutely i i think i'm going to agree this is a four and a half movie it is fun to watch it has high rewatchability. it tells a great story brings the cast together well yeah four and a half Speaking of another movie where Patrick Stewart is in, that they do a great job of doing kind of a pass, a handoff, I believe in Star Trek. Star Trek Generations in 1994, I believe was, that was a time with kind of a handoff between Captain Kirk and Jean-Luc Picard. And this, another great handoff after you've already had a movie is really fun. Well, let's get to the one I'm sure everybody's been waiting for. X-Men colon apocalypse. Mm-hmm. The latest X-Men. This movie got 47% Rotten Tomato critic score, 65 audience score, which those are just the X-Men fans loving X-Men movies. And I, <laughs> and I agree. I will see any X-Men movie. Yep. Usually in the theaters. I enjoy X-Men yep. movies. This was disappointing. 
I think there were high moments. The uh, scene with Magneto and his family, his daughter, you know, they go in the woods. Yep. Police people come or whatever, discover the daughter and his daughter dies. Like, that's a heavy scene. That's very heavy. Is this what you want from me? Is this what I am? But um, the bad guy, man. Apocalypse. The bad guy. It's like as if gods of Egypt said, hey, we got some great ideas for you. Let us help you make the last X-Men of this uh, era. And they, they shouldn't have let him. They just sh- shouldn't have allowed it. It falls under the, the problem of we need, a, like, we need a bigger bad guy. Right. Always a bigger bad guy. And that's kind of the thing that Marvel may face now. It's like, okay, do we do Galactus? Do we do a bigger... Mm-hmm, like, they right. have to always be fighting, fighting a bigger bad guy. And that was what was so great about like Days of Future Past. Was you're fighting sometimes abstract concepts like <laughs> yeah. the future being inevitable or <laughs> a type of... Right, you know, right. That's kind of the Age of Ultron. I know that wasn't the greatest of movies, but one of the heroes did something bad and that caused right. it to happen. Right. And the fact that this guy is just, you know, was he brought back from some egyptian tomb he's like yeah that was weird way back in the uh, he's first mutant way back when and they try to make him this really big bad guy that i didn't really care about didn't care about i didn't i feel like his lines were cheesy his voice and his appearance his appearance i think most of all it's just he looked weird it looked fake and you know like it just didn't like a bad cosplay <laughs> yes you are all my children and you're lost because you follow blind leaders. There were scenes in here where they tried to, you know, they had huge cities crumbling to nothing. And just really, again, gratuitous special effects moments where it's like, nothing's happening. We're just watching a city crumble. Yep. And just, bigger, bigger, yeah. better, faster. Was there another Quicksilver scene that was fun in this one? There was a Quicksilver scene. This is the one where he rescues people from the house? The school. The, yeah. The school. For, the school for the gifted. Yep. See, and that's that was like, fun. That was that a was lot fun. of fun. There, uh, Nightcrawler is back. Introduced yep. again. Young Nightcrawler. Young Nightcrawler. There's cool new X-Men that I think could have been better given more storytelling and better lines like Psylocke. So let us rate it quickly. Uh, on a scale of zero to five pyramids because they don't belong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you rate but it? like let's talk like little chintzy gift shop pyramids mm. so they can be small objects and not uh, impressive i like it i'm gonna give this movie one and a half pyramids it tainted x-men as a whole and i wish it would have done been done very differently i'm gonna give it one and a half man i'm with you yeah hey. I'm, I'm with you one and a half we go the same one it was a rough one well, i'm yes yeah yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Perfect. Well, I look forward. Maybe uh, you know we did all this in preparation for Dark Phoenix coming out. Talk to you later. Oh, that's about it. <laughs>